Good morning, sunshine. Welcome back to the Peace, Love, and Applesauce podcast. We are your hosts, Juan and Abby. Please do not call us Jabby, even though we refer to ourselves (laughs) as such. Do you want to talk about your problems? Neither do we, but here we are. This week, we're talking about baby stuff. Babies. And uh, (laughs) how crazy our last experience was and how we frequently are telling each other, like, we feel not over-prepared, but we're finally, like, this is a proper level of, like, ready. Yeah. Like, we are damn near ready yeah. for this baby to get here. Yeah. So, we might be a little bit early, but that's okay. I think that intro made it seem like our problem is the baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> with the way that I transitioned to it. <laughs> no, that is not our problem. It's... No. No. Our problem is not our baby. No. Our problem was... Everything that happened with our first baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the problem. Way to bring it back. <laughs> You're welcome. Where do you want to start? There's so many points. Um, Let's talk about... Well, first of all, how do we... Let's talk than, about... No, <laughs> um, other than the fact that uh, we're obviously having a child, um, we... In our well, lives. this is new for anybody that is just tuning in now. Welcome, hello. We're expecting any day now, realistically. <laughs> but if you've been here for a minute, you're probably tired of us talking about it. Yeah. Um, we promise once the child is born, we will shut up. For like a little bit. Yeah. And then we're going to do nothing but talk about him. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. We'll be like, oh my God. No, the reason that we're even talking about this in the first place is actually not because of our own child impending child it's actually because um a lot of people around us are and very close to us yes are getting married and wanting to start their own families or they are like in the very early stages of pregnancy mm-hmm. and a lot of them have come up to Juan and been like what do i do how do i prepare or i'll just start speaking some truth into them and their eyes get wider and their jaws just drop more especially from the guy's perspective because i just drop it all on them and they're like what all that (laughs) happens i'm like yeah and that's not even on a that's only a tuesday and that's just some of it (laughs) (laughs) oh man so we'll get into all that yeah so basically we wanted to make like a compiled list of a our experience and b a lot of things that we learned after the fact that a lot of people go through that feel feel that felt kind of gate kept from us, especially the first time around, and mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing differently the second time around. Yep. Because now it's like we're old pros or we something. We have to make the changes. Yeah. Otherwise, we're pieces of shit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the first thing, and it's a very heavy point to make, but the last time that we were pregnant, and for anybody that wants to have children or is in the early stages before their first child, it's not really an excuse to say like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, we'll see when we get there or, you know, you'll figure it out when the baby gets here or whatever. There are plenty of books out there and not like what to expect when you're expecting or like 
those like cutesy books that you see on the shelf or whatever, like actual psychological parenting books, like different methods of parenting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like those are the books that you need to go after. Like you can do research. You can look for knowledge outside of how you were parented yeah, and everything. Looking to your own parents as like the end all be all of how to raise somebody is I don't suggest it. I highly do not suggest it. I mean, that's why everyone says it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why having a village is important. So it's, like, we definitely address the people that are in jewels and going to be Theos as well. Like, we're very much aware of it. And, uh, fuck, how did we get here? I was saying to do research before. Oh, yeah, 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 to do the research. So I'm drifting off completely good thing I asked yeah yeah you told me you feel like it's not an excuse and last time we absolutely did no research yeah. whatsoever and like a, a lot of the stuff you hear is like oh you'll you'll see when you get there or like it's one of those things that you don't know until you know and there are certain things that I can like you can say that with of course it's like the good old diaper changes late night stuff like you don't know mm-hmm. how hard it is until you know yeah yeah. Like, that stuff applies, but as far as, like, legitimate needs yeah. of yourself and your child. Yeah. Like, you, there's actual answers out there. Like, whatever you're thinking, there's probably an answer. Or someone else has felt it, and it's not something brand new to only you. Mm-hmm. Like, we felt like we were alone in trying to figure out our feelings mm-hmm. yeah. of being parents. Yeah. Because I remember somebody gifted, maybe it was your mom, she gifted you that, like, dad book. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. The the only thing that I did as far as, like, quote-unquote research was my mom got me a book that said, dude, you're going to be a dad. And I'm not going to lie, I can't really tell you anything. Like, mm-hmm. nothing stuck. I partially read it because, of course, that was when I didn't give a shit about reading. But yeah, I think I gifted it to someone else who was pregnant yeah i forget who i don't know but i know i don't have it anymore yeah so there are tons of books out there that you can look for and even though like you're gonna have a newborn like the newborn stage is literally just survival literally Mm -hmm. only that it's literally never too early to figure out what parenting style you might be interested in Mm -hmm. and there's lots of different versions of the same thing or there's just different versions of parenting Mm -hmm. so while you know we have like tiktok and stuff like that now what i suggest like do not be a tiktok parent yeah that, (laughs) that was a horrible reference no i'm saying i wouldn't recommend using tiktok as a source of information Mm. on parenting because the way they show you how to do it is very defeating yeah i would suggest reading about it so that you can apply it in your own brain yeah form your own opinion on it Mm -hmm. rather than feed be fed a biased one yeah and I'm reading a book right now. I think it's called Respectful Parenting. Um, I'm really in, like, the very beginning stages of it. However, it's been very helpful, and I would recommend it to anybody that is becoming a new parent because it's about creating a deep, solid connection between you and your child 
of any age, whatever stage that they're in. Maybe I should have gotten a dad book this time around now that I think about it. You still have time. Okay. But my point of all of this is, is that, like, dig for knowledge. Yes. Absolutely dig for knowledge. I'm not saying that, like, your parents or grandparents or whoever raised you is a bad reference, but in terms of your own experience, it's going to be really you-centered. And when you have to read about it in a book and apply your baby, it kind of takes you out of the child's aspect and Mm -hmm. puts you in the parent aspect. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing to reference, but also, oh, my parents did this to me, so, you know, it should just be fine. I wouldn't suggest either. (laughs) You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. There's things about the way my parents parented me mm-hmm. that I would use, but there's also a lot of things that I wouldn't use as well. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, their role in my life in terms of their parenting was completely meaningless, but I want to know who I am as a parent yeah. without anybody else's influence. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I mean by that. Yeah. No that makes... shade to be thrown. I was going to say, whoa, brother. No shade to be thrown. I promise. So, Yeah. I was going to say, like, referring it back to resources, like, I know it's hard because you don't know the questions to ask, but, like... Oh, yeah, the way you feel so in the dark the first time. Yeah, like, no one, for as many dads as I know, Mm -hmm. like, no one really gave me direct, like, hey, you're probably going to feel like this, or... This is how it it is to be a dad. Like, I didn't... I, I've only seen what, like, TV shows you or, like, the, the home videos of people, like, giving birth and the dad's reaction and they burst into tears. And it's all this, like, super profound stuff, but no one ever shows you or tells you if you're going to feel anything different or if you're not going to feel anything at all. Like, mm-hmm. and... Clearly, I'm bringing this up because at first when Jewel was born, like, I was so confused. Mm -hmm. Like, I had no idea what was going on. But then also no one warned me that dads can also experience postpartum depression slash anxiety. And we, looking back at it now, are self-diagnosing that I had it because of how quickly, like, of a change it was within me. Because I went in so blind and I was unprepared. And now I'm not blaming anybody for being like, oh, you didn't give me the answers. You didn't give me the help. Because, of course, we're all only doing the best we can with what we have. So they probably didn't even know until later on or still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But now there's a lot of like when my friends are coming to me that they're expecting, I'm like, hey, let me check you emotionally because like I'm aware of how it made me feel. So I want to make sure that you either have some, like, someone you can relate to. You're like, all right, he experienced this as well. Um, I'm not alone or he's a reference point. I can talk to him about it. Like, it's okay. A lot of people just shit on dads. Like, you're only just going to keep working your ass off and you're going to get nothing in return or, like, Basically, be prepared to have the world on your shoulders. Mm. Like, not saying anyone says that, but, like, you inadvertently end up carrying the world on your shoulders as a dad. Because, 
especially with how vocal you and I have been about it being like, you expect me to lead the family in a certain way Mm -hmm. and I have a certain standard of myself and then I have a standard that I want to set for Jewel while also trying to like maintain everything else in life, just carrying it all on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. So for any potential dads out there, I am a huge dad advocate mm-hmm. for the mental health a of dads. I'm a dad advocate for the mental health of dads because I know how hard it can be. Um, I did. I had a really difficult time the first time around with Jewel. Like it, it took a lot of adjusting to. Um, yeah, because after you got through the postpartum depression phase, mm-hmm. you went through like I think like a year. Where you just had no tolerance, no patience. And it wasn't completely because of, like, being a parent or having to, like, deal with a child or a baby into a toddler. There were also outside factors that was affecting that as well. Mm-hmm. But you had such a lack of patience. And yeah. you would just, like, snap. I had like, to relearn it. Yeah. Like, literally yeah. had to relearn it with you. Mm-hmm. And here we are three and a half years later, mm-hmm. and it has amounted to quite a lot. And, like, I – it – not that it scares me for when he gets here because I, I know I'm way more aware of what happened last time and how I felt last time that I'm, like, no, I, I know what it means to have those feelings or not have those feelings as soon as I saw Jewel because it's not like I didn't love Jewel. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I didn't know what to feel. Because when I didn't immediately burst into tears, like, subconsciously, I was like, is there something wrong with me? Do I not love her? And then, like, I was spiraling while happy at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. because even the doctors were like, you can say hi. Because all I did was stare at her. Yeah. I just looked at her and I was like. What the fuck is this? Like, she's all blinded by the light, can't open her eyes. Like, (laughs) and I just didn't know what to do. It was. It was all that buildup and anticipation of her getting here, but then, like, her finally being here, and I'm like, oh, this is real now. Like, you're here. You're you. I'm not just talking to your stomach anymore mm-hmm. to a, a thought of a baby. That's a baby. That's the baby. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So this time around, I'm I'm going into it a lot more, like, genuinely excited because I understand the love that I can give, especially mm-hmm. to Jewel. And I'm like, this is going to be a new venture, not only in just adulthood, but fatherhood, life, like all all the above. Because like I said last time or last episode, whenever I said it, um, like I got to learn how to be a boy dad now. And I know it's no different. And like I even asked my friend who has had a daughter and then a son I'm like, ah, I feel, I, I did feel like I was going to have to be a different way. And like, I didn't want to come off showing a different love to my son and making him feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be tougher and like that whole mentality. Like I fought with that for a little bit, but I had the people around me to bring me back to earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people compliment me on my father and skills. I take pride in it, and I do a lot of hard work, and that's why we advocate as hard as we do for, like, 
openly talking about this because it's hard and we realize like how hard our parents had it as young parents because oh, yeah, for sure. we are constantly comparing ourselves to them at our age. I'm like, holy shit, when my dad was 25, I was like 10 already. Mm-hmm. Or no, Keanu was almost 10. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm I'm aware of that. Like I was however old and in whatever grade, like I can recall those moments and like now it's just adding to the larger picture of what it takes to be a parent. Yeah. Even from the mom side, even from the dad side. Like you and I both can see each other's sides clearly and we vocalize like what we've been through, what we've seen, things we want to continue, things we don't want to continue, things that we are trying brand new for ourselves and like checking each other. Yeah. The other thing is, is that Juan and I also take into consideration that, like, we are hyper aware of the mental changes that we have taken and why we're such big advocates, especially Juan with, like, the dad realm and me with the mom realm, um, because we had Jewel and then COVID happened Mm -hmm. um, when she was, like, seven or eight months old. Yep. And so we were very privileged in that time to not have had to worry about our living circumstances. And we got to spend every single day with her. Yeah. At that baby age. Yep. The most impressionable, like, time to build a bond. Yeah. So we learned a lot in that very short amount of time. And I feel like that's where we kind of have like an advantage because unless someone else had a a COVID baby at the exact same time, like Mm -hmm. they won't have experienced that or they won't get to experience that. Yeah. Because we won't get to experience that with our second. No, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to be at work all the time. Yeah. And we're also finally like living on our own. Yeah. And, like, that's also what made it hard because, like, we were trying to navigate transitioning into being independent adults. Yeah. And then also figuring out being a parent yeah. while living with your mom and my mom. I mean, we didn't live with my mom when we had Jewel. But yeah, we just lived with my mom. Yeah, and that is another point of uh, – that should be noted is that, like – don't get me wrong, like, if you need the help, that's one entirely different thing. Oh, yeah. Did Juan and I need the help? Yes. But at the same time, it could be argued that there was a lack of responsibility as well. Because mm-hmm. um, Juan and I were really jumping from place to place right after we got married. And then we got pregnant right after we got married. And then it was like, oh, well, we need somewhere to go. In order to have this baby. And so the best option was to live with my mom. And it definitely goes to say that, like, you need to prepare for a family prior to actually being pregnant, preparing for a family. Yeah. When they say you're never really prepared, like, it's because you started too late. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you're never prepared. Like, the earlier you start, the better. And, of course, you know, happy accidents happen. So it's hard to pre-prepare for pregnancy. Yeah. 
I mean, we weren't expecting either of these, so. Oh, yes, but. What? Yes, but there was a conscious awareness that that could happen. Yeah, we were fully aware of the decisions we were making. And that's why I say a lack of responsibility. Well, there you go. So it starts there. Yeah. If you know what you're doing, then you know what you're getting into. All right, you got it. Yeah. I'll shut up. And that's, like, I'm okay with saying that you and I were not as responsible as we should have been. Not at all. And are we now? Yes. And that goes to say that, like, the research of preparing for a child when you're pregnant, like, realistically, you should be prepared before you get pregnant. And that doesn't mean financially. That like Juan and I are not like the most financially stable people. We're like we're making it, brother. Yeah, we're (laughs) breaking even every day. We still feel like we're living luxury. (laughs) Like we're like, oh, we got this. Like (laughs) woo. Yeah. um, It's not to say that you have to be like the most financially prepared and everything. Like Juan and I have a really big village, and we're very very grateful for that. So. A lot of our preparedness um, is because of our families and because of our, our village and everything. And we're very grateful for that. Yeah. But to act surprised and also like, oh, there's nothing I can do. We'll just wait and see what happens is like the worst possible lane to pick. Yeah. So we're very grateful that like after COVID cleared up, we were able to get our first family, like, home together. Mm-hmm. And we've been solid ever since. It's had its ups and downs. Yep. It's hard living on your own with a family. It it just is what it is. But there has to be a level of, am I taking enough responsibility for this? Am I understanding the severity of what I'm getting into? Uh-huh. And not just like, oh, it's a baby. It's a miracle. It's cute. Wee-hoo. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I get snuggles. Squish. I get to see the baby scrunch. No. You get to see your baby <laughs> scream <laughs> until they don't breathe. Are you ready for that? Yeah. This is how I prepare my friends. I scare the shit out of them. <laughs> when, they, when you tell them how Jewel used to scream and we would blow on her face so she would take a breath. I always thought that was dangerous as fuck. Well, yeah, she'd, like, we'd, <gasps> she'd have to breathe for a second because she'd just be wailing. She'd scream so much that she'd stop making a sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one told me that, like, babies still will shit right out the womb. Oh, yeah. When Jewel first pooped, I'm like, how? How? At most, you had some colostrum. Like, you don't even have food in your system, but what are you pooping? And then it's like, it looked like tar. It's, tar. it's just this little black green paste. And then they're like, all right, let us know when it turns to like a mustard seedy looking thing. And you're like, And huh? it does. Yeah, they're like right down every time she pees and poops. And he did. I had to keep track of that. I had a chart. Had a chart. <laughs> I had a chart. I didn't change one diaper at the hospital. I wasn't expecting to do graphs <laughs> when you gave birth. No one told me that. You were budgeting shit. Yeah, I was budgeting actual shit. Uh, all right. 
I think we're here. We're at the birth yeah, experience. We, that was a great way to get into it. Yeah. All right. So, boom. From the start, don't get induced unless it's medically necessary. Yeah. In our opinion. In our opinion, yes. Um, and what we mean by that is my – the doctor that I was seeing that day – so I went to a hospital that is uh, very much based around teaching. So it's a learning hospital. And there were, at every appointment, um, prenatal, uh, even at the hospital, there were always students in my effing room. <laughs> Some people might be okay with that. I thought that I was going to be okay with it just because their presence was so pronounced. Mm -hmm. And then the more it kept happening, I'm like, dude, I just want to talk to a professional. Get the fuck out of my face. Because mm -hmm. you're pregnant and you're massive and you're cranky, you know? So anywho, my very last appointment was 38 weeks. Mm -hmm. And the doctor just looked at me and she like, you know, did her little checkup. And she was like, okay, well, we'll get you scheduled she didn't ask. She just said, we'll get you scheduled to be induced. Um, you're healthy. Why wait? Let's get it over with. Those were her exact words. That is a huge red flag for us now. We yeah. are never doing that again. Yeah. That was actually one of the very first things that I mentioned at my new um, doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a no-go for me. And they looked at me and they were like, yeah, that's not normal. So I'm assuming that it came down to, like, scheduling because the hospital that I was at the first time is pretty big and pretty popular. And at um, looking back at it, their label, labor, labor and delivery um, wing was under construction. So mm. they didn't have as many rooms as they normally do. So I'm assuming that it came down to a scheduling thing. They wanted to schedule me in so that it would make it easier on their workload. Crazy because they even tried to push a C-section in the middle of this. Yes. So, again, you have to do your own research about medical interventions and induction and everything, but I was given every form of induction possible. And, like, we we got in on, what, like a Friday? A so Wednesday. Jewel was due June 12th. Uh -huh. Or 13th. 12th. And um, we went Abby in and on I the were, fifth. we were grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And they gave us a call and they're like, all right, you can have your baby this day. We'll see you then. Yep. So we show up, get all ready to go. Mm -hmm. They give you the, the, the pill. Pitocin pill. Was that it? No, it's not a Pitocin pill. It or, was a pill. I have no idea what the pill is called. Or was Didn't you do something called Pitocin? Yeah, Pitocin is the... Um, it's like an IV. Mm. It goes in your arm. So they just got her ready and like literally are forcing the contractions like immediately. Immediately. So I'm just there ready. To I wasn't dilated. I wasn't. Nope. Nothing. I got the pill and then a certain amount of time passes, like a decent amount of time, like hours. Mm -hmm. And then once they did that, I got the balloon. Mm -hmm. And the balloon is basically this rubber chicken that... <laughs> goes up into your uterus and then they fill it with water and when you dilate it comes out at three I to four, it was four centimeters somewhere around there so they would come check on that 
and I hated that. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, so once the balloon came out, that's when they gave me Pitocin. And then it was so unbearable at that point because when the contractions are forced, it's intense it's yeah. really intense and i just could not my body was like and they were no constant bro. too it wasn't because it wasn't natural like you were forcing your body to do it mm-hmm. it was just keeping you in that pain yeah so for me this was super unnecessary i did not need to take this route like i could have waited the 40 weeks but because i did no prior research and i wasn't prepared and i didn't know anything i was just like okay i'll do that <laughs> wow So this was my own fault. Mm -hmm. I will take full responsibility for that. But I will also blame that doctor for being like, oh, well, we'll just get you induced, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Let's get it over with. Yeah. I could never unhear, let's get it over with. Yeah. But then even in the process of it, because it it was taking so long, like... As if they didn't know it was going to take long. Well, yeah, it's an induction, and you were starting from literally nothing. Yeah. And, like, of course, we're in the hospital that has zero cell phone service, so, like, I'm just sitting on the side on this couch, like, staying up constantly, watching them come in, like, and check all these tubes on you, poke you, double check to see how dilated you are. Yeah. But because they were doing all of these things on me... And it, it felt wasn't... like it was also just a, a cash grab yeah. to make the bill higher for a C-section. Because, like, when the one doctor was coming in, like, yeah, I think you should start thinking about a C-section. Like, bro, you just got here, like, two seconds ago. We don't even know you. Yeah. And, like, this is going really far really fast. Yeah. It went from, like, okay, we're going to induce you to, yeah, you should start thinking about a C-section. And it was because the more methods they used on me, the more impatient they got. Yeah. However, that was like the the OBGYNs. The nurses that I had were fantastic. Oh, yeah. They were great. Love Lisa. Yeah. Never forget Lisa. She was, she was okay. Making me walk and shit. Lisa made me feel better for you. Yeah. I was like, she got this shit under control. <laughs> Abby's like, I'm going to pass out. She said, no, you're not. Fucking look at me. Hey, eyes up here. <laughs> And got you to not pass out with that. I was like, that's some boss-ass shit. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, it just felt like once they started all of these induction methods, it got pushier and pushier as time went on. Yeah. And that I was supposed to be meeting a certain time limit and that I it wasn't happening fast enough. And it just I think it just came down to the fact that, like, I just wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And. You were in a forced labor for 44 hours yeah so i was in forced labor for 44 hours and then out came jewel and for me i think i can stem back my postpartum anxiety because that's what i had um to the very moment that she was born they put her on me they were like okay cut the umbilical cord and then they took her yeah and then i had to get stitches unfortunately Um, and it was, she was gone for a while and I was like laying there. My mom is like, I'm in severe pain because like the stitches were awful. My mom's like shoving ice cubes down my throat. 
I know. I was going to say that's partially why I spiraled because it's like this beautiful baby was just born in front of me, but you're behind me in like excruciating pain and like the doctor's covered in blood. They're stitching you up and I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? And they're like, say hi to the baby. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like we were all just pushing a second ago and now everything feels like it's falling apart. Yeah. I got real passionate. I'm sorry I got yeah, loud because I was okay. scared. No, it's okay. And that is um, a big thing for this time is that, like, you know what to expect. Yeah. And you know that there's going to be a lot of blood. Yeah. And everything. Um, but that was something I wanted to mention earlier, actually, when you were talking about, like, all of the dad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that dads can get postpartum depression and everything is because... You are witnessing, like, you are being traumatized by what you witness. Yes, and I can do nothing about it. Yeah. So it's understandable that you went through that and you had postpartum depression because, like, you were very passionately involved, although you were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help, but what can I do? You know? Um, Don't be a deadbeat. Be a man. Get traumatized. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely important to note that, like, you're not getting postpartum depression for no reason. Like, you're witnessing something really traumatic, whereas I'm going through the thing that's traumatic. But also you witnessing a traumatic thing and then looking at a baby and they're like, be happy. And you're like, like, that is trauma. Yep. It was very conflicting feelings. And I would never, you know, discredit that. And I think that, like, more dads should be aware of that, especially. And that's why I felt like I was, like, something was wrong with me because I I didn't have that burst of tears that you see yeah. in the videos. Yeah. And, of course, it's me comparing my life to the feed that I consume. Yeah. Because it's like, of course, everyone wants to have that beautiful moment and wants those feelings. And, like, once you get there, you're like, this is my moment. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my first child. This is the first time I'm ever experiencing something like this. It's Mm going to be magical. It's going to be this profound thing. And it is. You did much better after the fact when we got to the postpartum, like, recovery room. Mm -hmm. And you... um had time to like actually hold jewel and do like skin to skin and you helped dress her and you changed her diaper and you just started doing all of the things because like I couldn't walk yet. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and it was also like four. Well, by the time we got there, it was six o'clock in the morning and that was after being up all night, giving birth. And then we got to sleep for one hour. Yeah. Before we got bombarded. And it was all just back to back to back to back. Yeah. Like doctors came in with students trying to give us all this information. And they're like, hey, who do you want to be your primary? And like, would you consider one of us? And like. And then visitors started showing up at 7 a.m. They kept taking Jewel away, too, because she had jaundice. jaundice And they had to keep checking her and, like, pricking her foot. And, like, you know, did you know newborn's blood doesn't, like clot at all so if you prick them they just don't stop bleeding yeah so like jewel was just constantly covered in band-aids from yeah. getting checked yeah and like it's heartbreaking to see because you're like bro stop poking my baby like mm-hmm. but there's nothing you can do 
because I have to be checked. And then, of course, you're excited because your family is, like, excited for you. But we were up all night, and then we're just passing her around. And, like, so many people are coming to see her. And we see the toll that that took on us. Mm -hmm. So this time around, especially with, like, you know, this is post-COVID, so we can only have one person in the... um, in the room, which is going to be me, obviously. Um, <laughs> Duh. But we're going to take our time with visitors. Oh, yeah. Also Absolutely. based on how Abby healed up because after being on the epidural for so long and pumped with all these different um, medicines, but then also your uh, the, just IV, the IV, like she, you were so swollen and you had a fever as soon as we came home. And I'm like, oh, no, like. Something could be happening. (laughs) Like, what do I do? We're home alone. I have the baby. Like, Mm -hmm. they literally, like, when you leave the hospital, they check to make sure your car seat's good. And they're like, all right, good luck. And that's it. And then you literally leave as a family of three now. Mm -hmm. Your first time around. I was going to say, Juan did a super solid, like, shout out to dad. Um, He took me to get, uh, like, a special drink. No coffee. Because I wasn't drinking coffee at that point anymore. And I'm not drinking coffee at this point either. Mm -hmm. But Juan took me to get a drink and I sat in the back with Jewel, like right beside her car seat. So that was really cool. It was weird to go back home because we literally had been inside the hospital for like five days straight. Five days, yeah. We came back and we're like, the world kept going. Like, it felt like we were in prison. Yeah. Not like we've ever been in prison to compare. No, it was like we went in like a time chamber. Yeah, we were just stuck there. Yeah. And like nothing outside in the real world was happening. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. So, fellas, pay, pay attention. There's a lot going on. And especially now with like the times we live in and there can only be one person. Like, be that person, like. This is your kid as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you you played your part in making this bed. Now you really got to lay in it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I said it as a joke of don't be a deadbeat, <laughs> but don't be a fucking deadbeat. <laughs> like, I mean it. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Especially... For how hard it is, it's so rewarding. Especially a second time around. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing differently. And one of those things is, you know, it starts with the hospital, like, not having visitors. Yeah. That is definitely up to your discretion, whether you want that or not. Um, but with... Th- with what you just said, with the support that I have in you, I realistically, I just want to share that moment with just you. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to entertain anybody else. Yeah. I want to enjoy the birth this time. Mm. Now that I know what to expect, I'm going to try not to pass out, but. I swear to God. Listen. I will literally commit assault. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if I pass out, you can hit me. We'll shake on that. I'm not just going to hit you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, wow. 
What do so, you want to do differently? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I want to do differently. In terms of pregnancy, I've taken care of my body much better this time. Oh, absolutely. And I, like, of course your body, there is a, a, a difference in, especially from, like, the outside perspective. I know you can feel it, but, mm-hmm. like... When you were pregnant with Jules, she affected your body in such a different way than Theo. Like, you literally look the exact same. You just have a big old belly. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Jules, she, like, you were just so round. Like My face. Jules was just so, like, she took up so much belly room, but the whole way around. Like, and, wide. Like, yeah, like. From, like, belly button to hips. Like, she made me very wide. She, like, stretched my back out. And Theo's very frontal. Yeah, it's and, just like a basketball in the front. And, like, you're a lot more active now, though, too. Like, with Jewel, you sat. You wanted to do nothing but just sit. And granted, you were also, like, getting pregnant in the nights or weather. And, like, you were getting hot all the time. And it was just, like, being pregnant and cranky in the summer is not a good combination, mm-hmm. for, especially for Abby. First if, trimester in the summer? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. So. But third trimester in the summer? Fuck that. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse. I'm actually really happy to be pregnant in the barren cold. I know. We get to tuck away and be hermits. Yeah. And expose him to the sun in the summer with Jewel. I know. Uh, but I was much more active. Yeah, you were, you're you're much more active this time. You even said it. You're like, I, I think my feet hurt as much as they do because I never stop. And I'm like, well, yeah, you keep cleaning. And you're like, I told you, I... I literally had to tell her, I'm like, Abby, go sit down. I'll do dinner. And she's like, but I want to do these dishes, though. And I'm like, do you really want to? Or, like, go sit. Like, I'm telling you to go sit. I'll take care of this stuff. She's like, no, I want to get these dishes done. And still proceeded to stand there, but would rather have, like, cleaned than Mm -hmm. gone to sit down. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I know. I organized the entire attic today. I know. It's the new podcast office space. It looks beautiful. And I'm lifting these boxes, like the boxes for the closet to put in storage. And I'm like, damn, this is heavy. I know. You're <laughs> lifting shit you should not be lifting. You probably like shouldn't be lifting at all. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's too late. Yeah, the second time around, we're a lot, not like less precautious, but like. The first time around, we're so careful and, like, cautious of everything, um, like, that happens. Like, don't pick this up. Be careful how you're laying. Do this, do that. Meanwhile, now you're like, I got shit to do. Move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the other thing is is that um, in terms of, like, health, I kept in mind that, like, um, when I was towards the end of my pregnancy last time, I saw this um, article um, that showed that... There's research that proves that uh, everything you eat from conception and then everything your baby eats from birth to age two um, developmentally goes to their – like making their brain and their body directly. Mm. So everything that I ate from conception until they were born mattered and I didn't – 
take care of my body well last time. It was just like, oh. Yeah, didn't you show me that picture that was like, it was like a cartoon, but a mom was breastfeeding, but it was like the inside and it was like a bottle of Pepsi that was going right to the baby's mouth. Yeah. It was like the, not like a political cartoon, but you know what I mean? It was like Mm -hmm. showing the reality of like everything that you put in your body goes into your babies. Yeah. And I see a lot of like reels and, and TikToks now of people like making jokes of like my body turning a Pepsi into nutritious breast milk for my baby. And I'm like, bro, like it's not hard to like drink some water (laughs) and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, The other thing that kind of goes into it, of of course, because like this is from like a health standpoint of like, you know, I want to I want to do the best that I can for my kids and for myself in the long run. Um, because I had health problems prior to being pregnant. So, like, the luxury of just being like, I'm going to have whatever I want is not there. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I have to be extra precautious. And I did say that in the health is wealth episode. But um, I don't want to pass any of these issues on. So, you know, I took the stance of like, okay, I'm going to eat whole nutritious foods Or as they say, like the parameter of the grocery store, which not every grocery store is set up the same. But basically when they say the parameter of the grocery store, that's like meats, fruits, vegetables, dairy, anything that's not processed. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how we eat. You Um, mean perimeter? 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 I don't know. I meant perimeter. If I didn't say that. I think you said parameter. I meant perimeter. Okay. The outside. Yeah. The outside. Yeah, the outside aisles because that's where, like, Uh they put all the, like, junk shit first because it tricks your brain to buy more of that before you get to what you need. Yeah. That's why all of the junk stuff is, like, in the middle and they have it set out in different, like, various ways. Oh! Mm -hmm. I can picture that giant that's shaped exactly like that. Yeah. So, like, when you first go in either to the left or the right, that's, like, vegetables, produce type of thing. And then, like, back wall is, like, meats and stuff in, like, the uh, the butcher area. I'm glad you know the anatomy of grocery stores. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that goes with that is um, taking non-synthetic vitamins. So really knowing where your vitamins are sourced from and making Yeah, your sh- multivitamins aren't doing shit for you. Unfortunately. But... Yeah, you just have to do research about where your vitamins come from and everything. And if it's like a multivitamin, unfortunately, it's it's probably not doing everything that you think it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't do anything like that. I just make sure to stay away from non-synthetic vitamins. Are they more expensive? Absolutely. But it's worth it, in my opinion. Um, and... This time around, I've gone through therapy. Mm-hmm. So. You're definitely way more mentally prepared. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, now that I have that, I'm going into birth knowing that, you know, there could be a lot of different outcomes of ways that things have to go. But in my mind, I'm going to be solid. I'm going to be good. I'm going to get through it. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And this de- that definitely makes me feel better this time around, seeing that, like, you're also physically and mentally way more prepared for it mm-hmm. in that sense that, like, 
you can keep it all together. You understand the assignment. You know what got to be done. Mm-hmm. And you, you get shit done. Like, And that's what I think is going to make it easier to transition because it's like, yeah, of course, now that I can't be home like how I was with Jewel, I know that when I leave the house to go be able to work for you guys, mm-hmm. you got it all taken care of here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely more like, especially now we're in the like the last few weeks, um, definitely people have started like pushing my boundaries a little bit on mm-hmm. like, oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to come here? Can I come blah, 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 like all of these things. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to create my nest right now. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. So it's nice that like all of this planning and work is just kind of, I just have to, I just have to pull it out. I don't have to work for it anymore. I just have to pull it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not building my boundaries from scratch. I know what they are. Yeah. Here it is. If you don't like it, fuck you. Mm. Because Juan and I definitely, based off of our experience last time, like we just kind of let whoever do whatever, say whatever. And we were just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Doctors, friends, family, anything. Mm-hmm. Like we just were like, okay. We just absorbed it. That's yeah. all we did. We, we didn't we ever did nothing. process it either. Mm-hmm. This time we're very protective of our house what we have and our new baby and everything so i think for everybody else who is going to be like oh i'm so excited when can i come visit you're going to be like mm, there is a schedule bitch yeah you gotta go through me <laughs> no one talk to abby after this child is here i swear to god <laughs> once i have to go into labor or so once i start labor nobody fucking talk to me phone on airplane mode literally that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. They're only going to talk to me. Okay, perfect. No one is stressing you out. Yeah. Because last time, oh my God, at the hospital, when everybody was like texting you and calling you and well, texting I you. I also had terrible signals. So it's like I would step outside and my phone would buzz into oblivion. And it's like I got to respond to everybody and I'm making videos and like sending out mass texts. Yeah. But somehow I'm able to get like one or two words out from in the room you were able to call my mom to come back yep that was (laughs) it yeah that was it so there's a there's a clear amount of communication that goes into this too Mm -hmm. just between us as partners so if there's anything else that you picked up on that we didn't state until now talk this shit out like yeah of course as a guy, there's nothing we can do, and we internalize it, and we feel bad. But, like, express it. Talk it out. See what your significant other needs from you. F- see what ways that you can help. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it feels like for something to kick me from the inside, but... It doesn't feel good. You know what? I can probably give you a back massage or a foot rub because I know that he's pushing on all these parts and like I was gonna say there was like I think it was last night we talked about it there were like a few things that I was like I need this for the hospital Mm -hmm. and these are my list of demands yeah at the hospital it's funny because I also started to make a baby needs list 
And they're all yours. The, uh, the first three are yours. The heating pad, essential oils, and popsicles. She she was like, I better get some goddamn popsicles. She's like, bring them. Um, for me, I put Switch, PJs, iPad, and laptop with a question mark next to it. And then chess set with three question marks. <laughs> you are not making me play chess while I'm in labor. After... After I give While birth? he's sleeping. Bro, the hospital was so boring after. It was so boring after. All right. I'll consider it. This is the other part that's like me being selfish. It's like, all right, baby's here. I want to go home with you guys. But like, that's just, yeah, yeah. whatever. My, my list of demands is that um, I want foot massages and back massages to get through the the labor itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but my biggest demand is that i do not want to eat hospital food it's like for a place that's supposed to take care of you they don't they sure they sure know absolutely fucking nothing about nutrition i'll say that much do you remember the menu from last time yep i was looking at that like who the hell wants to eat this so I looked at and some... And it doesn't taste good either. No. Hospital food, the congratulatory meal that you got, because, like, when they asked, they were <laughs> they included both of us. <laughs> they included both of us in saying, like, we get the parents a dinner or breakfast. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like, whatever time it is after you give birth. Mm-hmm. They rolled on by and... Your boy didn't get nothing. I had to go down and sit in the cafeteria and eat the hospital pizza, which Chuck that, E. Cheese pizza is better than that. That's what I'm saying. This place is like, oh, we'll make you feel better. We're doctors. <laughs> and they know nothing about nutrition. What the fuck? Uh, know nothing? Then they just don't give a shit. Hospital pizza? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, what did I get, like a steak or something like that? Yeah, and like apple juice or like a sparkling cider. Yeah, I got a sparkling cider and a steak. Literally the driest, most like A1 sauce steak I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) If you say steak, I'm expecting a filet. What the fuck? (laughs) Wow. I just gave birth. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I, I can't blame you. So yeah, you my did the damn thing. My demand is that I will not be eating hospital food. If you think that the ritual of giving birth is not special or something that should be celebrated, actually, that book that I'm reading the the first forty days, mm-hmm. like after you give birth, the postpartum book that I have, that's also like a recipe book. It literally talks about like, hey, you should do a ritual for yourself after you give birth. To, like, solidify that what you did was monumental for both you and your body. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, let's have a, let's have a nice homemade meal. Yeah. Set the table. Yeah. Put the baby near us. <laughs> we'll just roll the no, back we'll, and play we'll over. we'll wear the, the strap-on of the baby thing carrier. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you can. Yeah. I want to eat baby free. Yeah. I got you. I'll wear them just on my on belly the floor. now. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, tummy time right away. Yeah. No, so yeah, those are my demands. I'm sure I'll uh, 
I'm sure it'll be fine. The anticipation's killing me. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially because, like, we know we're not going to be induced this time. Yeah, so it's, like, it's really up in the air. Unless it's, like, again, medically necessary. Yeah. You know, but I absolutely want nothing to do with being induced, so therefore I will not be doing it. Yeah, we believe that your body knows what it's doing, so yeah. let your body do its work. Yeah. I it clearly in- made it for nine months. I think it'll know when to push it out. You'd think. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. That is... Time for us to get ready. Yeah, that is... That... There's a lot of things that go into... Being pregnant, preparing for a baby, going to the hospital, having a baby. These were just a lot of our main points about stuff that we felt like were glossed over yes or gate kept because there were a lot of people like oh you'll see oh you'll see why don't you just tell me mm-hmm. how about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very frustrating there's no reason to gatekeep anything like there's no reason f- to leave anybody in the dark but we know now that we have a lot of good support and we have a really great village and we're very thankful for the lessons that we learned in our first pregnancy and everything that Jewel has taught us since coming into this world. Yep, and everything that we're about to learn mm-hmm. when he gets here. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting change. Also a scary one. Terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. In the most happy way. But you know what? I'm just trying to get to the birth part. Yeah. I can't think about after. Yep. You ready? Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, if you haven't heard it, we hope you have a great day. We love you. Peace. Love. Applesauce. Bye. Bye. I hate you.